Loam bonio rei con la lencare, bonio toaguac, que quella malwal, bonio nieb toaguanta, turwawal, el tacalatbe remelam, ribiti, tia maramal. Con Langry, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. Uh, with me down the road a ways is William Annis. Hello. And it's just going to be us two today. Uh, we're back from a long holiday break <laughs> uh, in which I was very busy. Uh, so uh, there's that. Uh, uh, if you don't know, uh, my daughter was born on December 17th. So, uh, she still needs quite a lot of attention. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that will be true for a while, I think. Uh-huh. So, uh, we have that going on. Um, I think she should be fairly quiet while we're recording here. She's in the other room with Mommy. And, uh, so, uh, thank people for, uh, Holding on for a little while. Um, so this topic came to us as a suggestion from a listener. Who was it that suggested this to us, William? I don't recall. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I could look that up later, but, um, it's the Conlanger's bookshelf. So it's all about recommendations for books that Conlanger should have. Now there are, Obvious ones that everyone recommends all the time. Everybody will recommend the, the language construction kit, um, describing morphosyntax. Now a lot of people, uh, recommend, uh, art of language invention. Uh, but we want to get, you know, further and, you know, William, uh, uh, of course, who has read more things than me and has read linguistics books that are more applicable to conlangers than I, than the ones I read, uh, has lots of suggestions. And I put out a call on Tumblr and, uh, got a few suggestions from you guys. So we'll be, uh, talking a little bit about those too. Uh, so, um, William, do you want to get started then? Sure. Um, as George said, most of these are, typically um, typological or descriptive in some way. There are all sorts of interesting books on more abstract, higher-level stuff, things on semantics I've read, um, way too high up to practically turn into useful conlanging stuff. Um, you can learn all sorts of interesting ideas from them, especially if they use lots of uh, examples from languages other than English. Um, so the... In my opinion, the construction grammar people are more likely to have a wide range of linguistic description um, just because of their own little theoretical preoccupations. And the other thing I want to say is a lot of the books I'm going to recommend are stupid expensive. Yeah, academic books in general are are ridiculous sometimes. Because they're expecting that you that libraries are buying them and not human yeah. beings. But if you've got your local library is hooked into interlibrary loan, 
um, you can have them fetch it from someplace reasonably close and you can get it for a few weeks long enough to read and take any notes that you find interesting. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, some of these, some of the, if you try to buy direct from the publisher, some of them charge $100 for an ebook. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely like, go to the library. And, really? And, uh, there are a few, some of these I just, bite the bullet and get them, but the number of those is, is pretty small. Yeah. Um, all right, so just straight-up linguistics topics. Uh, before you go into specific ones, I do have just some very general uh, suggestions that I would, I, would, I would say is like, first of all, and that, see, these might be a little bit obvious to you guys, reference grammars for any language are good, as long as there's a good grammar. Right. Um, Language lesson books, those are actually, you know, it's a little bit different from reading a reference grammar because, you know, it's laid out in, as, uh, you know, intending to teach people things. But you'll see things in those that you wouldn't necessarily see in a grammar. Right. Grammars so, tend not to spend much time on sort of conversational routines. Right. They might say, okay, here's the applicative and give you a few examples but not give you a really good sense of how those will work in a longer conversation. So while I approve of example sentences and grammars, heavily annotated, love them. Um, for some things, what you need is heavily annotated conversations, and there's not a whole lot of that done. So you're going to get a little bit more of that realism from something intended to teach you the language to speak rather than to be a reference grammar. Especially at the higher levels, yeah. the the lower level uh, lessons are the the dialogues are kind of contrived. But as you get higher level in the book, then you'll have really good conversations to be following. Yeah, and, and, that, and then hmm? go ahead. As you say, it it can take a bit more. Um, really digging into the lessons is a deep dive into a language, so that's always going to be a lot more effort than just getting your nice reference grammar. Right. Exactly. Um, and then. The, the third, like, general recommendation is good dictionaries. Um, although there are lots of good online dictionaries that you can look at that often have multiple languages and stuff. I use Wiktionary a lot in conlanging. Still, you know, there might be some good, it might be good uh, at times to get, especially, uh, a language that's smaller that isn't online if you can find a good dictionary for it. Uh, that might give you things that you can't find in other places. Right. Um, I love to recommend the Perseus Project website for everyone who wants to think about um, semantics and how to write a dictionary. They have free dictionaries for both Latin and Greek. Even if you're not interested in those, the articles for any important word are so huge and are full of a huge number of examples, all translated for you. Uh -huh. um, so that's a great way to explore um, cheaply um, a, a super well-done dictionaries, right? Things that represent literally centuries of work. Uh -huh. um, and they can be pretty interesting. Um, even if, you know, they're focused on just Indo-European stuff, I still think they're worthwhile to look at. Right. All right, so let's get in into your specific recommendations. And you have a lot of linguistics books yeah. that are all typological. So that's, yes. that's, uh, that's good. So let's just dive into that. So uh, the first one I love is called The World Lexicon of Grammaticalization. 
Say that five times fast. Um, by Heine and Kuteva. And it really is laid out like a dictionary. So grammaticalization is the process whereby content words turn or sort of bleached of concrete meaning and become just part of grammar. Um, and this is laid out as a dictionary with headings like ability leads to permission. So it's not just English that uses the word meaning can to also mean do I have permission. Um, this is a well-established uh, change in meaning. Um, it has great cross-references, and it's an absolute must-have for the historical conlanger. There's simply nothing else like it in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, David Peterson always recommends Bybee's The Evolution of Grammar. Um, you can get this for somewhat more reasonable prices. And this um, is focused on... It's a study, so it is kind of academic, about grammaticalization. And in particular, the grammaticalization involved the evolution of tense, aspect, and modality. Um, it's less general than the lexicon by Heine and Kuteva, but it's good for people who are interested in getting into the nitty-gritty. And frankly, um, David's chapter on historical conlanging in his new book covers the same subject much more briefly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you might want to just do that. Um, the the Kuteva... The, Bybee et al. book, they're actually making an argument, right? They're talking about their earlier research, updating their earlier research, objecting to other people's research, or incorporating it. So it's making an argument. It's not simply a description of something going on, although it is that as well. But it's still pretty interesting. My all-time favorite replacement to describing morphosyntax is called Basic Linguistic Theory um, by Robert Dixon. I, in particular, Volumes 2 and 3. Volume 1 is a little more theoretical. Um, and I describe it as a souped-up version of describing morphosyntax. Much more detail about particular things, like an entire chapter on demonstratives, an entire chapter on causation, an entire chapter on adjectives, and how those might present themselves. Also crazy expensive. I think they're absolutely worth it for any conlanger um, who's interested in not reprodu- reproducing their native language or other languages they've studied. It's mm-hmm. just wonderfully dense and full of information. Um, like uh, describing morphosyntax, it's aimed at field workers, but it describes so many things that it's just an education in general linguistics and what things, what happens in languages out in the wild. It's, it's They're great. I can't recommend them enough. Mm-hmm. The next is a series of books. Um, I call them the Red Books from Oxford, and they have a range of uh, typological topics um, in a series, um, a bunch of them are either written by or co-authored by both um, Alexandra Eichenwald and Robert Dixon, sometimes alone, sometimes with other people, sometimes together, and all of them are going to be excellent and maybe a little bit overwhelming. Um, sure. I, uh, they have books on evidentiality, classifiers, serial verb constructions, um, George, you said uh, Corbett's gender one is in this series as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he wrote gender. Uh, that I've read that one. It's it's really good if you are interested in making a gender system. He lays out uh, a lot of different sort of ways that gender can work in a language. He also, I believe, wrote number and agreement for that uh, series, but I haven't read right, those. Right. So they're just all great. They're great. Yeah, and yeah. In general, you want to get, um, I think in that series, 
it's probably useful to look at any of the ones that focus on a feature. Yeah. Some of them will be more, more, uh, formal than others. Don't worry about, you know, they also have, uh, pure theory ones like, uh, like I have, uh, optimality theory from that series. Obviously, conlangers really don't need to worry about that. The, the, like the hardcore theory ones, but the ones that are on linguistic features, um, and the more typological ones are definitely something you can, you can be looking at. Yeah. I, I think they're all great. Again, super dense. This is something, get your library to get it for you, read it, take notes, and then, you know, use your notes in the future. These aren't usually quite as expensive as some of the other books I've mentioned, but they're still kind of pricey. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and that's it. I mean, there, I have a few other books on, I have like a typology book written by, um, why can't I remember his name? Anyway, um, but th- this red series focused on specific features. I just, it, it gives you a deep education. If you become interested in evidentiality, that's where you're going to go. Right. All right. Moving on. Um, things that are not quite linguistics. The book, How to Kill a Dragon by Calvert Watkins is, Amazing. He's a hardcore historical linguist, mostly of Indo-European. He did some Utah-Aztecan as well. The book is not about comparative linguistics, strictly, but it's about comparative poetics. That is, he treats the themes, syntactic tricks, poetic forms, style, as things that can be compared via the historical method, just like you would compare the development of phonemes through time by the historical method. So the result is a huge, wide-ranging account of how poetry works through time from India to Ireland. And reading it is is sort of makes you feel unworthy because the man has command of an enormous number of languages. Like, who knows Ossession? <laughs> Except Ossessions. Um, and yet here he is, you know, bringing these stuff. So for people who are interested in literary conlanging, or Conworlders. I think that this is an, just a great read. It's fascinating. One or two chapters maybe are a little technical, but it's, I recommend it highly. Absolutely so, recommend it to anyone who's a classicist or okay. interested in those areas. Um, but it's just, uh, it's great. It sounds like a, it's a good thing if you have a Conworld and you want to develop poetry styles. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's all sorts of information there. Okay. So I have the, the next section I have is just titled Grammars of Inspiration and Magnificence. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the grammars or primers of the Germanic languages by either Henry Sweet or Joseph Wright are going to be great. First, almost all of them are out of copyright, so it's easy to find in archive.org. Second, all of them are written with an eye to historical linguistics. So picking up Sweet's old English grammar or, you know, old Saxon, old High Saxon, whatever it is, or, or Gothic, is going to have a large chunk of historical stuff at the front. Mm-hmm. A smaller-sized, more digestible introduction to historical linguistics than you're going to get out of a textbook devoted to that topic. Mm-hmm. I should add, um, there is a textbook on Indo-European historical linguistics by Fortson, Benjamin Fortson. Um, which is about the best introduction to that subject that currently exists, in my opinion. I think that we're on the third edition. Um, so that's pretty good, too. Anyway, so yeah, Henry Sweet, Joseph Wright, these books are, are easy to find. 
So we're back to Eichenwald again. I mean, her and, and Marion Mithian are like my linguistics heroes these days. Um, and Bill Croft. Her grammar, the Manambu language of East Sepik, Papua New Guinea, is amazing. It's huge. It's thorough. Uh, it's interesting. Everything's explained. And there's an entire chapter on semantics and the lexicon. Great. Which is the first time I've seen that used in grammars. And it's just so great. It just gives you a deeper insight into how the language works beyond agreement. You know, this uh, a little deeper look at semantics and things we call idiom and all of that. And it's just that being where my interest is these days. It's just great to see that. Uh, another giant expensive book is Young and Morgan, the Navajo language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's advertised as a Navajo dictionary, which it certainly is. Um, it's huge. And it's also printed on the super tissuey Bible paper. <laughs> so it's giant and thin and, you know, has a huge number of pages in very small type. Um, in addition to the dictionary and sort of describing the contemporary Navajo language grammar, uh, kind of in outline, not as detailed as you might want. Um, it has a whole bunch of historical Athabascan stuff, proto-Athabascan stuff, like, you know, some ridiculous number of pages devoted to a list of proto-Athabascan verb roots, um, where a historical conlanger can get all sorts of wonderful ideas. Um, and then I just ended up saying, you know, agreeing with George. Right. In my, in my, when I was a kid doing conlanging and I wanted to learn about interesting language things, I had to go down to the library and hope they had something other than French, German, and Spanish, and maybe Russian. Um, these days you can go online and freely available by SIL or people's dissertations, you can get just huge, wonderful grammars of some of them are wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. some of them are a little more thin, but the possibilities are enormous and you can, um, get an idea how some new feature you've never worked with before works um, in languages all over the planet really easily. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really great. It's not so hard to, you know, just go get a book about whatever feature you are thinking of including and, and diving into it uh, to, to see, you know, what, what goes on. And we're going to put all of these recommendations into into the show notes for you guys. So you can sort of go copy-paste and look them up. Right. Um, and, and when you're reading these books and you see an example of something that seems very interesting, absolutely go Google that language name and the feature. Very often, um, conference proceedings papers are just freely available online. So you can get even more examples um, of what's going on and what's interests you without, you know, breaking anyone's copyright. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very, it's getting easier and easier, um, to get, uh, linguistics papers themselves online. In fact, there was, uh, recently a really big thing of, uh, one, um, linguistics journal going, uh, full open access. Right. Uh, uh, sort of like everyone who was, was it Lingua and so, all the editors just said, you know, gave the finger to Elsevier and said, we're going to go open access on our own. Yeah. They, and, um, the new one is Glossa. Now, right. Cause Elsevier wouldn't let them keep the name. So that's, uh, an interesting, 
uh, thing going on. That hasn't borne fruit yet. There's no publications yet. Yeah, there's no publications. I think they they still had some backlog that they had to work through. So anyway, uh, I put out a question on Tumblr about this. And I wanted to to share the some of the answers the answers that I got from that. So um, uh, first we have um, uh, William. You can click on that first link there. It's um, notes from from Narnian, and uh, this I'm not going to read through this whole post, but basically uh, um, this uh, this uh, Conlayer recommends. Uh. Uh, the Art of Grammar by Eichenwald. You know that one? I don't know that one. I'm making that noise about um, one further down that I should have mentioned. Yeah, anything. You know, I just, I'm like a fanboy for Alexander Eichenwald at this point. Um, there's uh, Dialectology by Chambers and, and Trudgill. The examples are almost exclusively from English. But, okay, Dialectology, that's definitely helpful if you're doing... Um, historical conlanging or doing a language family. So uh, that sounds like a, a good one. Um, and the last one was Marianne Methuen's Languages of Native North America. Is that what, the one oh, that you were gasping about? I love that book so much. <laughs> it, it, yes. I mean, the first part of the book is devoted to an overview of things that seem to be more common in North America than elsewhere. So you're getting an introduction to, you know, non incorporation. Um, and then there are very typically abbreviated descriptions of um, languages or language families in the second half of the book. It is just an overview, but it's it's just every page has some new delicious tidbit of interest. Um, yeah, and uh, this um, uh, this kind of like also um, said that uh, her. Paper in 1984, the evolution of noun incorporation is good. Uh, I don't think we've seen that particular paper, but we've referenced Mithune's work on noun incorporation before. I, I might have referenced that and suggested a link to that when we did our noun incorporation episode. Yeah. There's another uh, Tumblr person. Uh, I'm just going to say Vachjedi because I don't know how to pronounce that, but... Um, V-A-X-G-J-E-D-I uh, said uh, Writing Systems by Jeffrey Sampson. And then right. they didn't really say much about it. You had one on writing, uh, William, that you recommended that yeah. you skipped over. Yeah, the Blackwell Encyclopedia of Writing Systems by Florian Kulmus. Yeah, the it, so those that's it's definitely a good thing to have some references about writing systems if you're doing conscripting. We have uh, one that's um, uh, here. I have I have one post that's actually like two two different people recommending uh, Neshria. Uh, they have a, another recommendation. I have further down, but he just said frequency dictionaries um, that have uh, lists of common verbs. So, uh, and then uh, the Loom of Languages by Fred McBond. Frederick Bodmer. Have you heard of that one? Um, yes. I mean, there are a bunch of books, uh, sort yeah. of general interest that have some, I mean, practically anything about language is going to have some stuff of value to, uh, conlangers, uh, don't sleep. There are snakes. By, yeah. Um, Dan Everett is great. Uh, 
Robert Dixon wrote a book about uh, describing his fieldwork uh, work, um, describing mm-hmm. the languages of Australia. All of these are interesting um, and have, you know, tidbits for conlangers, but all of the things that I focused on were high density. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then there's this other, the unfolding of language that's uh, recommended by official data. Right. Um, Guy Deutscher or however his name is pronounced. Guy Deutscher. That sounds like it's another introductory thing. Yep. Uh, which, you know, we have some newer conlangers out there who might, uh, want some, uh, introductory stuff. Um, Neshria also, uh, recommended the conlangers lexipedia. Um, my note on that is I actually did just take a look at it. I didn't like try to read through much of it, but I took a look at, uh, the Conlanger's Lexipedia. This is by Mark Rosenfelder. And, um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's basically it, what it is, is it's supposed to be like collecting a bunch of background information to help you coin words in specific domains. But it's sort of like, I feel that it would be better to like go actually go out and do some of that research on my own and find other things because I looked at uh, like his chapter on like noble ranks and he's just hitting the, the particular cu- cultures he's interested in. And I, to me, I'm like, well, I would probably want to actually go on a deep dive on like Chinese culture right. and find Aztec. a bunch of stuff for Aztecs, whatever, whatever things I want to be inspired by in terms of government structure and actually go in specifically on that rather than going into uh, the Conlangers Lexipedia. But I don't know. It could be useful for some people. Maybe check it out of the um, – you can get it through the um, the LCS lending library. So you can check it out and see if it's useful to you. I didn't really see uh, – I didn't really see the much about it, much in it for me, but some people might like it. Uh, Veliki Morgenthal. <laughs> I'm gonna just be mispronouncing Tumblr names here. Said, uh, an introduction to linguistic typology from, uh, Viveka Velupilai. Um, and the thing that they pointed out is it says it delves into sign languages on an equal footing. So, that might be one that I could I'd check out because yeah. that's you know um, often overlooked. Yeah, very little of the general linguistic stuff does more than just sort of tangentially mention sign languages. So uh, it's it, it would might be interesting to 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 grab that and take a look at what it is. And then uh, one Zomniac said uh what is what language is by john mccorder um i know that mccorder is really good with um sort of presenting linguistics to a general audience so uh i don't know this book but my understanding is probably a pretty good one of the one of the good introductory things uh so that's what you all 
recommended. Uh, I always like recommending um, the Power of Babel, also by John McWhorter. Again, not mm-hmm. necessarily for conlangers who, by this point, probably know most of this material. But yeah, just for people who are interested in the topic and want something to read, that's a that's a good one too. Yeah, I see sometimes academic linguists like sort of look at McWhorter and pick on him for like his popular pieces that he writes, and that's I'm like, just dumb. That's, but you know he's writing for a different audience than than the academic audience. There, it's a it's a, a different kind of thing, <laughs> right? So mm, that works. So that's I think all of the the stuff that we had um, worked out. Um, unfortunately, I'm a little bit scatterbrained recently. <laughs> <laughs> Lack of sleep. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, uh, William, those are all good recommendations and thank all of you who sent me recommendations. Uh, um, those are, uh, I might check some of those out when I am not busy reading stuff that's relevant to my research. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there's, um, and the, the, like the things that I read for research are usually pretty, theoretical but like the thing that i'm reading right now uh the phonology of standard chinese by duan Sen. if you have a specific interest in chinese in mandarin chinese specifically might be interesting to you but he is all through it making very technical theoretical proposals so it's not really one i i would recommend so uh, that's just illustrating a lot of the books that I read are not necessarily the ones that are that are the best for conlangers. See, this is the best part about not being a linguistics grad student. I can read whatever <laughs> books I want about linguistics. <laughs> to whatever nefarious aims I intend to put them, I don't have to worry about a dissertation. Right. It's like I can just go, ooh, shiny, and, you know... Go read about verb serialization. Well, I have I have a long I have a long um, wish list of big academic linguistics books that have nothing to do with research. I want to do <laughs> right the the Oxford oh, what's it called the Oxford Dictionary the Oxford Le- the Oxford something um, guide to uh, lexical derivation. Uh huh. Magnificent theoretically. But the book is like $150. The library doesn't have it. It's very vexing. <laughs> and these are not books that typically drop in price. Even the, the Kindle version is like $5 off the print version. It's just like, come on, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I hope someday the academic publishing world changes a bit. Because, like, uh, if to be honest, the academics who write those books would probably like to see them go out for free since the authors really don't get so much money from academic publishing. It's mostly pocketed by the publishing companies. Uh, and then, but, um, you know, they have sort of a system set up, especially for the peer reviewed books. So it kind of, uh, ends up being super expensive. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else? No. I'm, I guess sure, this I'm is... sure people will have comments in the notes because we'll have missed some people or forgotten something important. But well, fine. yes, definitely leave your comments. Uh, 
let us know about all the things. I think there's some people who recommended stuff on Twitter that I didn't get to, uh, including. But, um, yeah, those are some books you guys can look at. And as William suggested, take a look at the library because I know lots of people have limited budgets. So can't you might not be able to actually buy uh, some of these books because they get pretty pretty pricey but uh but um and you don't want to buy um marion Mithune's um the languages of native north america because uh, i find it is bound horribly and pages fall out oh really yes maybe maybe i just got a bad one but it i both my copy and another copy i've seen seem a bit dodgy on their glue job hmm well that sucks yes get it from the library carefully use it and then return it (laughs) all right so with that uh william do you have any final thoughts nope well then i'm just gonna say happy conlanger thank you for listening to conlangery you can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com support us on patreon at patreon.com slash conlangery you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. All of those are conlangery. And if you would like to hear your conlang featured on the top of the show, you can look at our contribute page. It has the instructions for what you need to translate and how to send it to me. Conlangery's web space is provided by the Language Creation Society, and our music is by Null Device. So, George, you might need to repair some of that by recording at home because you were cutting out a bit. Oh, okay. Well, that, that was that was Skype preventing you from suggesting socialistic theories of uh, academic work. <laughs> uh, for for those listening, yeah, okay. Well, um, <laughs> maybe I'll try to give it a repair. But anyway, um.